You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Well, good morning. If you are with us for the first time, we are so glad that you're here. You might be joining us for the first time online as well. There's a few things we would love for you to do. And the first thing is you can text guest to the number that's on the screen, 704-486-9664. And you can also visit us at Guest Central. We just want to get to know you, get some information on you, start sending you a bunch of mail. No, I'm kidding. We won't send you a bunch of mail. We just want to get to know who you are. uh, and, And we want you to know who we are as well. Uh, We have some things that are coming up that are always exciting. How many of you know that there's so much happening in the life of grace? A few of you know those things. For the rest of you, you can go online uh, and see everything that's coming up. But I want to mention just a few. One is the married couples meetup. If you haven't heard about this, uh, I want you to know that on August 13th at 5 p.m., we are having a married couples meetup right in our Grace Life Center. We, uh, as, as group leaders, the married group leaders came together and began to pray and ask God for a new strategy of how we can minister to our married couples, our families at Grace. And so there's a strategy being laid out. And the first step of this is just us getting together to get to know each other. So there's going to be some food trucks set up. Uh, there's going to be tables set up with some fun questions for you to interact with each other, get to know each other. Uh, and then we want to give you some information on groups. But we really just want to hang out with you and get to know you. So that's happening on August 13th. It's going to happen in the Grace Life Center. We have child care for that. So if you have children and you're always stressed out about finding a babysitter, uh, you can bring them. We do need you to register. One, because we want to know how much food that's going to be there uh, or we need, and also uh, for child care. How many of you know that we have a school? Okay. Two of, two of you know, and one person started. GC, Grace, Grace Covenant Academy meets in our building, and we are learning to become uh, better partners with each other. But there's been some transitions and some changes. There's also some growth that's taking place, which we're excited about. And so with that growth, they are looking for uh, teachers. They're looking for a fifth grade teacher and a middle school science, STEM, middle school English, language, arts. Uh, and you can find more information about that if you are interested or you know somebody. Uh, you can go to the gracecovenantacademy.org uh, slash employment, or you can email. If you just go to our website, you'll find uh, Christina Deppin's email address there. We are excited about the growth that's there. there. In fact, uh, some of us pastors are going to be meeting with their leaders uh, this week to figure out how we can become better partners. Look, we, uh, we've changed the way that we take up offering, and I love the way that we do it. We've got a few different ways that you can give. You can give online. You can give through our uh, Grace app, and you can also drop your tithes and offerings in the back box. Let's pray for that. God, you are an incredible God, and you're doing so many great things in the life of our church, and, and we just we thank you and we, we praise you for that. Lord, we're excited for the many things to come as well. Lord, just take every penny that's given this morning. And, and bless it, multiply it for the work of your ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are in a new series that started last week, and the title of that series is Go. Uh, and as Jeff and Rhonda were up here uh, preparing us for communion, and Rhonda was sharing her story, I thought, you know, what she did was the perfect example of what we want to talk about this morning. So let's just all take a few moments to rethink that, and then we'll go home. I'm kidding. We won't do that. I mean, we'll go home eventually. Uh, But what she did was a great example of what we want to talk about. She shared her story. She shared her story. And really, it's as easy as that. Listen, every Christ follower has been rescued from death and been given life. We are now a part of Jesus' rescue plan. Isn't Isn't that awesome? Like this mission that he has to save the world, like we're a part of that. He has invited us to be a part of that. 
A mentor of mine said this, good choosing, God, I'm good. God choosing the inadequate to fulfill his purpose brings all of us into his story to save the world. Your part of the story is already written. It only needs to be realized. I hope through this series that happens with us, that we begin to realize our part in the story that God has already written. Listen, God chooses you to carry out his plan. And it's not about your talents. It's not about your knowledge. It's not about your training. It's just about who he is choosing you. God's choice, not our capabilities, make the difference. Let that sink in for just a minute. Because I'm sure all of us here would agree that God is all-knowing and he's all-wise. Now, with that same confidence, let's believe that he has chosen you, he has chosen us to change the world around us. Isn't that incredible? That's incredible. Look to your neighbor, left, right, real quick. Don't make it awkward. Don't make eye contact for too long. But just glance around the room because God has chosen us to be a part of his plan. Some of y'all were chuckling too, like, oh my gosh. Maybe you were having a hard time believing as you looked around the room and you saw a few people. You probably look up here and see me and go like, yeah, if he can choose him, he can choose anybody. I got I to gotta tell you, uh, Pastor Farrell, he, he's, uh, he, he's doing his best to resource us and he's brought in a professional uh, to, not like counseling, I mean, we need that too. Uh, but he is, he's brought in a professional on communication and so for the past few weeks, uh, one day a week, we've come into, into the sanctuary here and, and he's leading us in these, these pointers and tips and teaching us on how to be better communicators. And there's a few things that I thought of. The first one was, in fact, I mentioned it to Pastor Farrell, like if, if Andy's in the room when I'm speaking next, so Andy, if you were here this morning, if you were here this morning, we have a special reception just for you with some great food. You can go there now while I speak. And then uh, one of my first notes that I wrote was don't move so much. So I wore the most uncomfortable shoes that are in my closet. It's either going to keep me from moving or I'm going to be limping by the end. So anyways, I just want, I'm thinking about it. I'm, I don't know why I just shared that, but. Maybe we do need to have the counselor come in. And... All of us have heard the term evangelism, and perhaps you thought that evangelism was a job for an evangelist or a pastor. Maybe you're even unclear like what evangelism is, and we're going to talk about this morning. It's not nearly as complicated as you might think, and it's certainly not nearly as complicated as we, the church, have made it. And we're going to find that out as we go through this morning. Evangelism is not salesmanship. It is not urging people, pressing them, coercing them, overwhelming them, or subduing them. Evangelism evangelism is telling a message. Evangelism is reporting good news. Listen, if you're interested in sharing your faith and even more about this, I want to let you know about a class that has started. In fact, it started this morning. If you leave right now, you won't miss <laughs> Don't, stay here. Stay here. It started at 915 in room 220, and it's going, it's going to be on for the next few weeks. Michelle Hoverson, Pastor Michelle, is teaching that, and it's, it's exactly what we're talking about. She's going a little bit further in to teaching you how to share your faith. So I, I want you to know about that because it's a great tool, a resource that you can participate in uh, next week and the week after or right now. Uh, and it starts at 915 in room 220. Let me read a verse for you. It's Mark 16, 15. And it says this. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Who is he speaking to? Who is, the, who is God speaking to in this? Jesus specifically. But who is he speaking to? 
us. Let's say, let's say together, us, right? He's speaking to us. Now, notice he gives some pretty specific instructions here. First, he tells us where to go. He says, go into all the world. And he also tells us what to do. He tells us to preach the good news to who? Everyone. So Rhonda this morning, just sharing her story, wasn't that good news? Right? So she started, and I loved actually how it played out, where she started out at at a a condition where we're seeing what she needs something, but then she presented how God is meeting her needs. And we can all do the same thing. Listen, that verse tells us Jesus has given us a mandate to go and tell the story of the good news, but often we don't. We ignore or neglect the Great Commission. So let's talk for a few moments about why. The first reason why you may not share your story, share the good news, the gospel is fear. We allow fear to paralyze us because we are afraid that we will not know what to say or we will not have answers to the questions. Raise your hand if if you have felt that fear before. Probably all of us in this room at one point or another have felt that kind of fear Fear causes us to think or believe that I'm not adequate. I, I don't have education. Like, I'm not educated in this. Or maybe you've asked yourself this question. Like, you felt that prompting to share something, and, and you felt this, this, this inner voice saying, why would they listen to me? Fear is one of the number one reasons why we don't share the story that we're participating in, even at this moment. The second reason we don't share is rejection. We are afraid, afraid we will be rejected and are more concerned about ourselves than the eternity of others. And that's a pretty, that's a pretty harsh statement, right? That we would fear rejection more than we have a concern for others and their eternity. But the reality is, is that's true. If we are fearing rejection more than we're actually sharing the story that we're participating in that's being written about our lives and and intertwined with God's story, we would have to settle at a place of, if I know somebody in my family or my my neighbor or a coworker or somebody at school, if, if I know they don't know Jesus, yet I'm finding all these reasons why I'm not sharing the gospel with them, perhaps this is one of those. And we just, we fear rejection. Listen, they may reject a clever statement. They may reject some, some deep theology that's presented to them. They may reject religious practices. Very seldom will people reject love. Very seldom will people reject hope. Very seldom will people reject peace. Listen, we are living in a day and time where people are looking for all of these things and more. We're we're living in a day and time where people are looking for for those who accept them and love them. We're, We're living in a time where people are looking and searching for hope because they're not finding it in their immediate surroundings. They don't know where to look sometimes. We live in a day and time where people are looking and, and, and wanting and needing peace in their life. And what we have to understand is because of Jesus in us, we can provide all of these things to who Jesus is. 
And it would start with just sharing our story. So let's not fear rejection. The third reason why we wouldn't share our story or the gospel is procrastination. Come on, let's, let's be honest in here because my hand's going up. How many of you in the room would, would admit that you were a procrastinator? In fact, some of you thought, ah, I'll raise my hand in a minute. I'm always one of the, there's, there's two modes that I, sometimes I'm like, we gotta do it right now, we gotta do it right now. And then other times it's like, eh, I mean, if we do it tomorrow. Or, or maybe the, the reason I'm a procrastinator is because I don't actually like the planning out process. I just, listen, we can't let procrastination be one of the reasons why we don't share the gospel. We keep putting off sharing the good news because we're waiting on the right time. We've all been there. In fact, sometimes, sometimes your story may go like this because I, I, I've done this. You know, like somebody is on my heart and, and I know that I'm supposed to have a conversation with them and pray with them and, and share the good, good news with them. And I'm, I'm figuring out reasons why not to. And I've even caught myself doing this. Well, God, if you have them come up to me at 1107 wearing a yellow polo shirt and pink shorts and plaid socks and yellow shoes and right which is never going to is never going to but sometimes in my mind I'm 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 putting all these things to God well, if you do this like if you'll just lay it out if it's the right time I'll share man let's not let procrastination be one of the reasons why we're not sharing the good news listen there's never a right time to lead people to Jesus. Every moment of time is the right time. Every moment of time is the right time. The fourth reason why we don't share the gospel is indifference. I want to spend a, a little bit more time on this one than I had for the first three. And, and I wish I had more time to have conversations about this one because I think this is, this is a big one. Indifference. We have no heart or concern for the lost. This is another one that immediately you're probably like, oh, it's not me. But then answer the question, how often do you share the gospel? See, this is one of those hard ones. Because I don't, I don't want to admit that in my own life there's times where I'm just not concerned about the lost. I don't want to admit that there's times in my own life that I get caught up just going through the motions of who I am as a Christ follower. And I forget the fact that I'm participating in the story that God's already written to save the world. To save those who are lost. So this is where I have to find myself, and I would admit to say that I find myself here often. I've got to ask God to change my heart. I have to ask God to fill my heart with compassion. Listen, if you were at work and a co-worker was choking, we wouldn't, we wouldn't wait for the right time. Most of us, hopefully, would just jump right in and, and, and do something about it. And if you didn't know what to do, you would start calling somebody who did, right? If, it, it, this happened to me just a few weeks ago with, with my daughter. My, my five-year-old has cerebral palsy and epilepsy and some, some other physical things. And so she has a hard time chewing food. And so we have to be real careful. And, and, and now what we have to be careful of is, so we cut her food up pretty small, but now she'll, we'll just find her in the kitchen. We have baby gates everywhere, but this little girl who's not supposed to be able to walk good, not only does she run up and down stairs and jump on a trampoline, she climbs, she scales our baby gates that we have everywhere, but she'll get into the kitchen and she'll just start grabbing food. Now she won't eat when we ask her to, but she'll go in there and grab food. Well, she went in and grabbed a big piece of bread and she started choking. 
And so I go, I go running in there because I noticed it. And I, we, I, this is the first time I've ever had to do the Heimlich, but I, I mean, I, I've seen it on TV. And so I jump behind her and, and I started, you know, pressing on her stomach and, um, I dislocated a shoulder, but she, she got the food out. At that moment, I just needed to respond. Listen, we're finding those moments in our lives every day. We just need to respond to people that are right around us that are needing Jesus. Nehemiah 1, 3 through 4 says this. They said to me, things are not. So Nehemiah is a cup. I love the story of Nehemiah because his identity actually changes from the beginning of the story to the end of the story. But we don't have time to get into that. Uh, but Nehemiah is a cupbearer for the king and he's getting news about his hometown right his home city uh the 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 city of god and and this is this is what he says three and four they said to me things are not going well for those who return to the province of judah they are in great trouble and disgrace the wall of jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire now now look look what nehemiah's response is because what i'm saying this morning is i need to be more like this on a daily basis, I need to be more like this. Look at what his response is in verse 4. It says, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Can we this morning begin to ask God to change our hearts, to fill us with compassion for those around us so this problem of indifference doesn't, doesn't remain in our own lives? The last reason is this, just wrong thinking. We have convinced ourselves that someone else will share the good news, and it is not our responsibility. So I want to remind you of the verse that I I read earlier, and it's simply this. Jesus said, go. Just, Just go. In fact, there's many times in my life where I was hesitating to go, and I realized this, that if I would just step out in faith and begin the process, God would take care of everything else. Because even though I have a lot of experience speaking in front of crowds and, and, and leading worship and putting together messages and the things to say, and, and I love having conversation, there's always times in my life where I'm hesitant. With all of these things that we're talking about begin to grip my mind and my, and my heart. And I'll come up with reasons why I'm, I'm not going to or I, I, I even shouldn't. But the simple fact is Jesus says go and I found that if I just go, if I just make the step that God takes care of everything else. I think we as a church, we've got to stop praying about going. Right? Let's just, let's just go. Several years ago, I was speaking to some youth in Ohio. And, and this isn't something that I, I typically, you know, move in. But in, in that, that specific, the whole week was about the Holy Spirit. But on that particular night, as I was getting up, I just, I just began to have this strong sense that God was going to speak words of knowledge and prophetic words through me. And again, I'm telling you that that's not something that typically happens in my life. So I'm, now I'm getting all nervous and I'm trying to go through the message. And, and now we get to the end and, and I know that God's going to begin to, to do this. And I'm, I'm extremely nervous, and in my mind, I'm saying, God, we can do that after. I don't want to do it in front of people, because what if it doesn't work out? Anybody ever, else ever feel that way? Like, what if it doesn't work out? Like, what if I, I fumble over my words? And, and so this is, this is what the Holy Spirit began to speak to me, and this is all happening fast. And he said this, I'm going to give you a name, and you just speak it out loud. And I'm like, oh, man. 
Right? So before I know what God's going to do, he just wants me to say a name out loud. And so he gave me a name, and I said the name out loud. It was just the first name. So now I'm standing there. Everybody's looking at me. I've said this name. Everybody's expecting something awesome. And I'm going like, oh, Lord, please. Like in my mind, I'm like, I'm about about to make something up. I'm just going to make it up. I'm just... And he did that about five or six times. And each time I said a name, I would pause for just a minute and he would begin to give me a word to speak. I think that's what God wants from us. That that we just go. That we just go and let him take care of everything else. Let's read this quick story in John 1, 35 through 42. John chapter 1, verse 35 through 42. I'm reading out a New Living Translation. It's going to be on the screen for you to follow. It says this, the following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following, and he said this, what do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they Uh, when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Verse 40, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. So we talked about the reasons why we would not, or perhaps we would not share the gospel, the good news of who Jesus is. But let's talk about a simple strategy of what we can begin to do today to help this become a regular process or happening in our lives. The first thing is this. We start, we start with someone, you know, just start with someone, you know, we see that right there in John 141. Andrew goes to find who his, his brother. So the first thing is this start with someone, you know, The most natural place for evangelism is with people you already know because you have established relationship and credibility with them. Raise your hand if you know someone. (laughs) Raise someone's hand if you know someone who doesn't know Jesus yet. All right. I love the story of the demon-possessed man, and you find in a few of the Gospels in, in Luke 8, 39, we see it, or Luke 8, we see it happening, and, and I love the whole story. I, I love what's taking place there, not just because of the deliverance of this one man, but what happens in a, in a, whole, in a whole city. So if, if, you're, if you're not real familiar with the story, Jesus comes upon the shore, and, and he's encountered by a man who's filled with many demons. Uh, Jesus delivers him. It, it's pretty cool because the whole town, and now people are coming out, and they're terrified, and they, they see this guy who was naked and living in the tombs, and, and now he's in his in clothes. He's clothed. I say thank you for that. He's clothed, and the Bible says he's in his right mind and he's listening to Jesus. And then when Jesus begins to leave, he goes to his boat. This man follows him and says, Jesus, I want to go with you. And I love, I love what Jesus says to him. And it's found here in Luke 8, verse 39. Jesus says this, no, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So he went all through the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. Really, and if, if, you, if you study the history of this area, like he becomes like the first evangelist in this area, this whole area. And he didn't really know Jesus. Like he hadn't spent a whole lot of time with Jesus. It was just moments. Yet what does Jesus say to do? 
The first thing that Jesus says to him is, go to who you already know. He says, go to your family. Go to your family. Start there. And then it bleeds right into the second point of tell them what you know. So you go to who you know. The second thing is you tell them what you know. And that's exactly what Jesus said to this guy. Go to your family and you tell them what God's done in your life. In the story we read just a few moments ago, Andrew finds his brother Simon and he says this. We found the Messiah. So he goes to a family member. He goes to someone he knows and he tells them what he knows. Right? I, I, want, I just want, and we can't take a whole lot of time, so I need some bold people. I need three people. Three people who will volunteer and just come stand right up front with me. You can just stand. Don't, don't all move at the same time. I'm just looking for three. Everybody else, go back to your seat. Three people. Oh, don't leave me hanging. It's on camera. Okay, we've got one, two. Just one other. One other all right, we got three. Look, they, this is not, we didn't, I did not talk to them beforehand, but we're going to do a little bit of magic. No, I'm kidding. We're not doing magic. I don't know why that popped into my head, but that's what I always say. So we did not talk about this. We, we didn't talk about this beforehand, uh, but I just want you guys to simply share. Now, now Linda, you, you really like to talk, so I've got a time frame. Um, so I just, oh, is this him? Oh, great. Okay, you guys go back to your seat. We're not going to, no, I'm kidding. I just want to do this real quick. Just share very briefly, just a few sentences of something that Jesus has done in your life. Um, seven years ago, I started working at J.V. Washam. Eight years ago, I worked at J.V. Washam, and after seven years, he said, time for you to go, and I argued with him and pleaded and begged, and he kicked me in the pants twice. I got two formal written reprimands in the same week. I handed my notice in, and everyone said, have you been to the spa? Because I was glowing, and I ended up here at Grace. Very good. Yeah, tell us, tell us uh, something Jesus has done in your okay, life. Okay, so I was raised in a Christian home, backslid. I was in the pit of hell using drugs, alcohol, you name it. I was in another marriage. And one day the Lord woke me up on a hill as I was doing laundry and said, this is not the life I have for you. And I got a divorce. I asked for one that night, came back home to California, and have been serving him ever since. Of course, it was an undulating life. But... Um, he has showed up in my life. He has healed me, touched me, changed me, and I know who my God is, and I love him with all my heart. Awesome. So since you like to talk a lot, I'm going to hold the mic. No, I'm kidding. You I'll, hold, be right. you hold. I'll be all right. Yeah, same story. You know, God just saved me from the pit of hell. Uh, alcohol, drug addiction. You know, I was raised in the church a little bit, but God just... He saved my life, but I continued to backslide. And about 15 years ago, I heard his voice loud and clear in my living room, and he, he told me it's over. In, in regards to what I've been doing in my life. And he told me, you know, in that moment to use everything he allowed me to go through and go save as many people uh, as I can. So I was immediately healed of alcoholism and drug addiction. I've never, you know, 15 years sober, never turned back, just been pressing into the Lord. Um, hardcore, man, for 15 years. So, you know, he delivered a wretch like me and he uses the things that we go through in our life to save those people around us. So, uh, you know, again, I love the Lord so much. He's delivered me and continues to deliver me. We never graduate from the gospel. Amen. Amen. So he just, uh, he's just good. And, there, and there's ton, tons more. Stop there. <laughs> Thank amen, you, love. Amen, amen. No, no, give it back. Give it back. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Listen, I wanted to do that to, to uh, solidify those first two points because it's really this, it's really this simple. Yet sometimes we're terrified 
terrified to share just those, those moments in our life. Because everyone in this room probably has something that they could share that Jesus has done in their life. Like if you've, if you've been saved, if, you, if you've asked Jesus to be your savior, I mean, you start there, right? So it's really this simple. First, you go to people you already know, and then you, you start by telling them what you know. Let's look at the third thing. The third thing you can do is bring them with you. So as you're going out and you're telling people, you can actually bring them into situations where they can encounter God. Invite them to opportunities where they encounter Jesus. I think, I think Grace Covenant Church is a great place that you can do that. You can invite people here where they can encounter Jesus. But let's talk about other places or other ways that you can invite them to encounter Jesus. Church services, but what about grace groups, all of our small groups? Invite people into those. How about just listening to a podcast? You've listened to a podcast. There was some impact that, that was made on your own life. Invite somebody to sit and listen to that podcast with you and then talk about it. How about just having dinner with someone? We see that, we see that with Jesus often. I, I love the story of Zacchaeus. He's like, hey, Zacchaeus, get down from the tree. We're going to go have something to eat. I love it, right? Invite somebody for dinner. How about inviting someone into your own personal time with Jesus? Invite someone into your prayer life. Invite some into your devotional life. Just invite others to join you. Seems pretty easy, right? So we start with someone we know, people we know. We start with what we know. We can invite them, bring them into places and encounters with Jesus. And the fourth and final thing is this. Give opportunity for Jesus to change the direction of their lives. As you begin to see change, affirm that in them. Listen, you, you, you can't save anyone. But what you can do is bring them to Jesus through your words and your actions. One of the best ways to present a need for change in their lives is to be transparent about the changes that you've experienced. And we heard that even this morning, just a few moments ago. This is who I was and this is who I am now. Start with the ugly. Start with the place where you were looking for hope and looking for love. And looking for peace. Start there. And then you don't even have to mention Jesus. Begin to talk about the transformation and what you experience now. Most of the time people will ask, well, what changed in life? Jesus. Jesus. Listen, it's it's seldom helpful for you to point out the areas in other people's lives that, that need to be changed. If you're married, you know that all too well. But man, sharing sharing the changes I've experienced. Because of Jesus, that's a great place to start. What we make difficult in life, we seem to avoid, so don't make reaching the lost difficult. It's as simple as telling the story of what Jesus has done for you. Listen, I want to leave you with this. I heard this said a long time ago, and it's always stuck with me. People are not looking for an explanation. They're looking for a demonstration. A demonstration of love, a a demonstration of grace and mercy, a demonstration of hope. And if you know Jesus this morning, then you are capable of demonstrating that, those things. The world needs to see how Jesus and the gospel positively transforms our lives. Let's close our eyes. I want to take a few moments just before we go for, for God to... Drop a few names for the Holy Spirit to drop a few names in your heart and on your mind. Co-workers, classmates, people in your neighborhood, maybe family members. 
Because we can immediately take this message this morning and begin to apply it to our lives. You could literally leave today and, and have a phone call with someone you know to share what you know. And then let's see what God does with that. So allow the Holy Spirit just to drop a few names. If you want to, you can write that down in your worship guide so you don't forget. You can also go to our website, and we've created a place there for you to share your stories. We want to hear what God's doing in your life. Information for that is on the screen, gracecovenant.org slash go. Hey, let's be bold. Let's be bold. Maybe perhaps you're feeling, even as a story I shared earlier, God's dropped a name, and you're going to go there and share the name before you even see what God does. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for, man, for all that you've done for us. But I, I feel like I could go on for hours just sharing the stories of what you've done in my own life. Lord, around the room, there's, there's so many stories of transformation. There's so many stories of what you're doing currently to meet our needs, to, to transform us, to change us. There's so many stories of our encounters with you. Lord, make it to be heavy upon our hearts to start with people we know, to start telling them what we know, and beginning to invite them into encounters with Jesus. Lord, let us go from this place with, uh, with these names burning upon our hearts. I pray that there's phone calls later today and, and stories of transformation throughout the week in the lives of those around us. God, help us to realize that we're participating in your story to save the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.